There we go. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, 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 and good evening to each of you. Uh, welcome to Wednesday night Refresh Bible Study. Appreciate each and every one of you being here. Looks like there's about 50 of you in the room already. Listen, you guys know what to do when we come in. First of all, can you hear me? Everything is up is good. Can you hear me? Yes, you can hear me. Okay, great. All right. Let me know if you can hear me or not. Uh, can't hear me. All right, let's try this again. Hold on. Can you hear me now? All right, great. All right, you say you can hear me now. Good. Uh, let me start all over. Hello, 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 and welcome to Wednesday night refreshed Bible study. I am Pastor Edwin Strickland. I'm not Pastor Ralph, uh, but I will be teaching tonight. Uh, appreciate all of you being here. It looks like there's about uh, 54 of you in here so far. You guys know what to do when you come in the room. Most of you have already done it. Uh, we like for you to go ahead and participate in what we call some social media outreach. What does that mean? That means we want you to, first of all, like the broadcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, use that blue thumbs up or that red heart. Uh, let us know that you are, are here in the broadcast. And then second of all, we want you to tag uh, some of our partners. If you don't see them on, they may be watching from a different platform, but they don't mind if you tag them. And then also, if you got family and friends that you can tag, uh, you know, in groups that you can you can share into, make sure that you have the right to do that. Go ahead and share. I'm not going to be before you long this tonight. I really want to keep this at about an hour, uh, especially considering our topic. We're going to be talking about how to deal with the spirit of offense. And if you have been at Fellowship of Champions for any length of time, you know we have done extensive teaching on this. So there's no way that I could cover everything that we talk about with dealing with the spirit of offense in an hour, but I'm gonna to try to hit some highlights uh, and piggyback off some things Pastor Ralph has been saying the last couple of days. Also, let me go ahead and say this. Today is Pastor Ralph's 38th birthday. So if y'all are here and listening to me right now, if you haven't said happy birthday to Pastor Ralph, go ahead and do that right now. Go ahead and, and just let him know happy birthday. He's the big three eight. He, he knocking on the door that big four O. Uh, and listen, if you want to be a blessing to him, he didn't ask me to do this, and I know he probably embarrassed I'm going to do it, but he'll be all right. Listen, his cash app. Y'all, listen, Pastor Ralph is 38 years old. He's been with FOC for about 20 years. That means he's been with FOC longer than in his life than, 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 than half of his life total. So he does so much for us. So if you want to bless Pastor Ralph, and you ought to want to bless Pastor Ralph, go ahead and hit him up. His cash app is Money Symbol. I believe it's Ralph, R-A-F, Marlowe. Uh, go ahead and just send him a love offering. Just tell him you appreciate him and just make his just make his cash app just go all night long. How about how about that? How about y'all be a blessing to him and do that? So listen, we're talking about uh, dealing with this spirit of offense. So we've talked about tagging and sharing. Uh, if you're here, uh, you know what to do. Hit live. If you're watching this after the broadcast is over, hit hashtag replay. 
uh, whether you're watching it live or replay, we just want you to watch it. <laughs> we want you to watch it and we want you to get it. Uh, tonight is night seven. We know typically um, Pastor Raph is here teaching, but he's given up his Wednesdays uh, and to share with us so that we can teach these 14 lessons in our partnership class. And tonight is night number seven. Uh, and if you've missed the other six nights, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to those. You know, there were messages on, on salvation. Uh, there was messages about singleness and dedication of purpose. We talked about the church mission and vision. Uh, we talked about church discipline and, and order and all of those things. And, and they just they just go in line because the goal of partnership class is to help you be great partners. It has helped to set the expectation of what you as a partner can expect from us. Me, Pastor Sean, our leadership team, praise team, the prayer ministry, um, the parking lot ministry, everybody. And when everybody's on the same page, it makes for a wonderful, wonderful time. So uh, I just want you to, to understand why we're doing these partnership classes. Let me knock out some announcements real quick, and then I'll get right into our teaching. As you know, we have a litany of tools available to you. Uh, they start um, typically uh, throughout the week, and, and, and you can take advantage of those. The only time that we don't officially have something is on Saturday. Uh, we have what's called Strategies for Success on Monday at 12 noon with Pastor Sean Strickland. Uh, she does that from her professional and personal page. Uh, she drops nuggets all day long, but uh, Mondays at 12 is where she kind of synthesizes all of those nuggets for you uh, and to kind of give you your marching orders for the week. And then on Tuesday night, uh, we come together. Uh, the first time we come together for prayer uh, during the week, and that's at 8 p.m. All times are Central Standard Times. And then on Wednesday night, uh, we're right here. Uh, I'm teaching tonight. I believe Pastor Ralph will be back next week. Uh, there'll be other people who will be joining throughout the next seven weeks, uh, teaching various topics. Uh, and I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll be here. Uh, you showed up strong tonight, so continue to do that. Uh, on Thursday nights, we have, uh, we have Ignite, uh, and that is via Zoom. So if you have a team who is interested in that, then make sure that you get them plugged in. Go to the website right there uh, and find out all the information that you need to know. Uh, access Victory Zone. Parents who have children who are, you know, pre-K up to fifth grade or so, uh, those Victory Zone lessons are, are wonderful. And right now, they're doing an entire series uh, about emotions, about how to how to be how to how to be in control of your emotions as opposed to your emotions controlling you. Uh, so, parents, help your help your children out by letting them know. Uh, how to access that and that they should be watching that. You know, if you're doing Bible study or you're doing prayer, that's a wonderful time to take that iPad or take that computer or that phone and say, hey, I want you to watch this for five or 10 minutes and I want you to talk to me and tell me what you get out of it. Uh, and then, of course, on Friday morning, Friday morning at 6.30 a.m., uh, we have what is called Champion Circle. And I'm telling you, the champions have been showing up. The champions have been showing up uh, almost 100 of us each Friday morning. Uh, it's kind of how we kind of how we end the week. It's the second time that we come together for prayer. It's kind of how we end the week and, and get ready to go into the weekend. And so we encourage you to join us. Uh, however you are watching this broadcast right now, that's how you can join Champion Circle. It'll be on those same platforms, those same channels. Uh, and you can be join us every Friday morning at 630 a.m. Again, 
on Saturday. Enjoy your family, get some rest, and then be ready to join us right back here on Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. At 9.30 a.m., we have worship with Pastor Kristen Valley and her husband, Elder Nigel Valley, and they lead us into worship. And I say to people all the time, it's kind of how we get prepared for the word. You know, you, you, you've done everything you needed to do over the weekend, and sometimes your mind is thinking about Monday and what you got to do for the next work week. Worship comes and it just gets us in the right frame of mind to be ready to receive that word that is immediately following at 10 a.m. Uh, typically, Pastor Sean and I, at least during the last several months, have been teaching together. Uh, we've been coming and sharing that word, and that's what happens at 10 a.m. Let me just mention, and because I added some people today, uh, you can still become a virtual partner. We've added, I think, over five virtual partners this week so far. So if, if, if you have not, if you show up here every week, but you haven't said, hey, I want to be a, I want to be a partner, then we don't know that. We appreciate you being here. We love seeing you over and over, but we don't know that you're a partner unless you tell us. So the way you can do that is by simply following the link you see on your screen. You can go to, uh, to, to focchurch.com. You can just scroll up just a little bit um, in the Web page. It is a big thing right there. It says become a virtual partner. You fill out that information. You send it to us. We send you a welcome um, invitation. And, and after that, we're partners. We're, we're, we're a partnership. And so we would love to have you. Even if you have another church, uh, you can still be a partner, a fellowship of champions. Uh, that means that you agree to pray for us. We'll agree to pray for you. And we are like iron sharpening iron. And so we would love to have you do that. So with all of that being said and done, let's get into tonight's teaching. Let's get into uh, tonight's teaching. We want to talk about dealing with the spirit of offense. Now, why is it important to talk about dealing with the spirit of offense, especially after the last two weeks of what Pastor Ralph has been teaching? Here's what I know. I've been in ministry uh, since I was 17 years old. Uh, I've been pastoring since April of 2000. Uh, and one, uh, and and since 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 that time, what I have found out is that if you hang around <laughs> with people, but we're talking about church people, long enough, there would be an opportunity for you to be offended. Why? Because people are flawed. As much as we love God, as much as we are filled with the Holy Ghost, our humanity still sometimes shows up and it rubs other people's humanity the wrong way. And so it is important for us as a church to understand and to know how to operate and how to navigate uh, through all of the issues that humanity brings with it, right? We're, we, we believe in the supernatural. We believe that we are anointed. We're, we're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongue as a spirit give utterance, but we are yet clothed in a human vessel. And sometimes that human vessel, uh, which which functions with our soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, our imagination, our intellect, it can rub another person's soul, mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect the wrong way. And likewise, theirs can rub ours the wrong way. So we got to know how do we navigate um, in, in this space as we are all growing and becoming. And so tonight we're going to talk about how to deal with the spirit of offense because offense is 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 a killer. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Offense has has brought down partnerships. 
uh, is is torn up families, is 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 ripped up, um, you know, teammates, uh, it's torn up uh, some of the best uh, working relationships. Offense has a way of absolutely destroying things. And so we're going to talk about this in terms of you being a partner with FOC and what you can do to make sure that you don't allow offense to creep into your heart uh, and to cause you uh, to be a, a detriment to the ministry and to your own self. You know, the Bible says this, it says a little leaven or a little yeast makes the whole cake rise. Well, if you can put just a little a little yeast in the in in the flour and it makes the whole cake rise, the same thing is true with offense. You don't want to tolerate any offense because even a little offense has a way of causing everything else to be polluted. I use this example sometimes and it's kind of graphic, but I think it has set the tone for what we're going to talk about here. If I was to give you an eight ounce glass of absolutely the purest water you had ever seen in your life. And then I took a small droplet and I took that small droplet and I got just a small drop of sewage water. And I took that small, small drop of sewage water and I put it in your crystal clear eight ounces of water. How many of you would want to drink that water? And the answer is, I hope, None of us. <laughs> None of us wants to drink. We don't care if it's eight ounces of water and one drop of sewage water. That one drop of sewage water ruins the entire glass. The same thing is true about offense in your love walk. One drop of offense has the ability to ruin your love walk. And so because of that, we want to make sure that we are doing the kinds of things that are necessary so that we don't allow offense to creep into our life. Amen. So let me say this. The number one reason why people leave the church or the number one reason why people get mad at the pastor or they get mad at the greeters or the ushers or they get mad at the parking lot attendees or they get mad at the children's church workers is because they allow themselves. Hear me when I say this. They allow themselves to become offended. I want us to, to right now understand nobody makes you get offended. I need you to go ahead and type that in the comment section right now. Nobody makes me get offended. Say it how you want. Nobody makes me become offended. However you need to word it, I need you to write that because that is a piece of the language that we must change. You are responsible for how you respond in every situation, always. You always have the choice. You always have that power. Nobody makes you get offended. Nobody. And so when people say, well, I left the church because they, they did so-and-so. No, you left the church or you stopped doing this or you stopped doing that because you chose to. And you got to learn how to own that because when you learn how to own that, it is the first step to dealing with this spirit of offense. There are a number of ways in which people can become offended. In fact, it's virtually limitless because, the, you know, the smallest of things can trigger a person. You know, I can say something on this live broadcast tonight that can trigger someone. And it may not even be anything that I'm even aware of that would, have be, that would be offensive. And so because of that, we have to make sure that we understand how powerful 
offense is, and as a result, why we must avoid it. The Bible uh, uses uh, 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 illustration, and it talks about how if you allow offense or you allow envy and strife to come into your life, it says it like this. It says it's like a house without a door. Now, could you imagine living anywhere and your house didn't have doors on it? You have no way to secure the possessions on the inside of it. You have no way to stop uh, intruders from coming in. You have no way to stop uh, insects and pets from coming in. That is what offense does for your life, for your love walk. It literally takes the doors off the hinges. It takes the screens off the window. And anything that wants to come in and plague you now has the opportunity. And so because of that, if we're going to have strong partners, we got to have partners who understand that they must be aware that there is the opportunity to be offended, but they never take those opportunities. There are going to be multiple opportunities for you to be offended, but you've got to choose not to take them. Whenever you are walking in the flesh and not according to God's word, it is when we open up ourselves to become vulnerable to this spirit we call offense. That's when people say things like, well, I'm just going to keep it real. or I'm going to keep it 100 or I'm going to have to lay my religion down. Or, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to step out of my Christianity or I'm going to have to. And they say all these things and sometimes they say them to be funny. But really what they're saying is, is that if the pressure gets too difficult for me, I'm going to revert back to my old way of behaving as opposed to this new way I'm supposed to be behaving. And if you do that, you open the door for offense to come into your life. Listen, I don't care what you have been through. I don't care what you have experienced. You have the ability to forgive. This was never made more, um, this was never illustrated to me in a more poignant way than I was working with a young lady one time and, and she was actually uh, my supervisor. And she began, one day we were just having this conversation and I don't know how we started talking about forgiveness and some other things, but she began to share with me uh, how her uh, stepfather uh, had molested her when she was younger. And, and, and she had tried to tell her mother and her mother didn't believe her and all of these things. Uh, and then as she got older, she, she moved out of the house. She moved away. Um, and eventually um, the, the stepfather ended up molesting his own daughter, who was her younger sister. So he had molested his older stepdaughter and molested his own child. Uh, the mother finally found out about it and everything. And, um, and, and, and we, she went on and on. But at the end of it, she talked about how she forgave him. She talked about how she forgave him because for years not forgiving her was taking a toll on her life. Uh, she had developed uh, an autoimmune disease. Uh, she had started to get arthritis. And at that time, she was in her late 30s. Um, and she talked about how when she got when she forgave him and not just like put it out of her mind, but when she really forgave him, when she was like, I'm, I'm over it. Christ has has redeemed me. I, I, I'm done. Uh, I, I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. It's over. She talked about how how good her health became. And, 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 and to me, that really got me to thinking that, that, that there are oftentimes in my life. And I said it before, Pastor Sean, we laugh about it. and I'm better about it now. But by nature, I'm a grudge holder. If you do something to me, I'm like an elephant. I don't forget it. I'm going to hold on to it. 
So what I've had to learn to do was to train my senses to become more God-like than more flesh-like. Now, that may not be your issue. You may be one of those people who are, who are you know, click it and forget it. Somebody does something to you, you just shuck it off and go. That is wonderful. But there are some partners out there who are more like me than that. And I'm telling you that it doesn't matter how you are in your natural nature. Everybody is called to rebuff the spirit of offense. Everybody is called to rebuff the spirit of offense. Listen, the Bible says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says that the, the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is the job of the enemy. And because that is the job of the enemy, it's important for us to know what his tactics are. It's important for us to know how he operates. And one of the ways that the enemy operates is by making sure that we position ourselves to allow him to come in to steal, to kill, and destroy. How is one of the ways that he does that? When we give him access to our life through the spirit of offense. I have discovered that he has three major weapons. The enemy has three major weapons that he uses to get in and to create turmoil in the life of a believer. One of the ways is through doubt, making you believe that what God has said um, is not really true. Uh, his, his, it's, 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 it's more hyperbole than, than anything else that, that, that when we say it's our season of harvest or we say it's the year released, it, that sounds good, but I don't know if that's really true or that's just something Pastor Edwin Pastor Sean made up because they're trying to be motivational speakers. I'm, I'm not sure. That's one of the ways the enemy comes, through doubt. The second way he comes is through fear. He is an absolute terrorist. He wants to create so much fear in you that you that, that, that you don't know what to believe. That some days you believe God and some days you don't believe God. Some days you believe it's your season. Some days you don't believe it's your season. Some days you feel like it's a year release. Other days you feel like it's your year of bondage. He wants to create so much fear in you that he creates a status of double mindedness. Why? Because we know the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The Bible says, let not this man think he shall receive anything of the Lord if he's being double-minded. So he wants to create doubt in your life. He wants to create fear in your life. And the third thing he does, is he wants to create offense in your life. He wants you to be mad at some people. He, and he typically wants you to be mad or offended, angry, envious, jealous, have strife, whatever you want to call it. He wants you to be that to the people who are designed to help you go to the next level. He wants you to be angry at your mentor. He wants you to be angry at your pastor. He wants you to be angry at your boss. He wants you to be angry at your mom or your dad. He wants you to be angry at a family member. And he wants you to be angriest at those people who have your best interest at hand. Why? Because he wants to derail you from your destiny. And his three major weapons is through doubt, through fear, and through offense. And as a partner of Fellowship of Champions, we don't want you to be in doubt about the Lord's word. We don't want you to be in fear concerning what God has said won't come to pass. And we certainly don't want you walking around in offense toward the people God has placed in your life, or even worse, being offended with God. 
being offended with God because you thought that something that was supposed to happen was supposed to happen on a certain timeline and it didn't. And now you mad at God. Listen, being mad at God is not going to get you anything. I tell people all the time, how are you going to be mad at perfection? If you can't be mad at yourself, who's not perfect, how are you going to be upset and angry with God who is? And so it's important for you to understand that doubt, Fear and offense are the tools that the enemy uses to try to control our life. Listen, I believe, and I say this all the time, offense is the mother and the breeding ground for everything negative that can happen in your life. Let me say that again. Offense is the mother and the breeding ground for everything negative that can happen in your life. Offense is one of those things. It's like it's like going out into a, a rainstorm without an umbrella, expecting not to get wet. It's just not going to happen. Dealing with offense and not having negative consequences in your life, it's just not going to happen. If you are offended, if you are upset and you are harboring unforgiveness, because that's what that's what offense is, strife and jealousy and, 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 and unrepented uh, emotions. If that is what you are, are dealing with, the outcome of that is going to be something negative, even if it's supposed to be something positive. Why? Because the negativity of that emotion is going to spill over into everything in your life. Hear me when I say this. There's a quote. Uh, and, and, and there's a quote that, uh, I, I, I have it, I have it in one of my notebooks. Uh, and here's what the quote says. It says to be offended is a choice that we make. It is not a condition that is inflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else. It is a choice. Do you hear me? If you are offended right now with somebody, I don't care what they did. You are choosing it. You may try to justify it and say, well, Pastor Edwin, you don't know what they did. You don't know how they hurt me. I get it. But I'm telling you still at the end of the day, to be offended is a choice. It is a choice that you make. It is not a condition that has been inflicted or imposed upon you by something or someone else. You are choosing it. And here's the great news. Because you are choosing it, that means that you can choose not to be. You can decide today, I will live the unoffendable life. In fact, go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say, I choose to live the unoffendable life. I choose, I choose to live the unoffendable life. You cannot afford to live your life offended. Why? It costs you too much. It will cost you way too much. You cannot afford to live your life being offended because to live your life offended is so deeply costly. It'll rob you of your destiny. It'll rob you of your joy. It'll rob you of your peace. It'll rob you of your time. How do I say it robs you of your time? Because here's what you need to understand. Right now, if you are offended with me, I don't even know it. I'm living my life. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching Bible study. I'm talking to my friends. I'm riding my bike. 
I'm, I, I'm eating. I'm, I'm talking to my wife, laughing with my kids. I'm cooking with my kids at home. Everything I want to do, I'm doing. And you're mad. You're offended with me. And guess what? I don't know it. I don't even know it. I don't even know that you're offended. And most of the people who you are harboring some of that, that slight little ill feeling toward, they don't even know it. And so it's not worth it. You might as well just let it go. Why? Because here is what being offended is keen to. Being offended is keen to drinking poison and expecting somebody you're angry with to get sick. Did you hear me? Drinking poison. You're drinking strychnine. You're drinking arsenic and, and, and you expect it because you're drinking it that they're going to get sick. It doesn't happen that way. The offense is killing you. It's robbing you of your peace, of your joy, of your health, of your serenity. You got to make sure that you're not harboring an offense because not only is it opening doors for demonic activity to come into your life, it's plaguing you of all the prosperity God wants for you. So let's talk real quick then about what is offense. Let's actually define what offense is, because I'm a firm believer that if you are going to thrive and if you're going to fulfill your God given calling, and I believe every one of you who's partnered with FOC is going to fulfill your God given calling. If you're going to do that, then it is absolutely critical that you learn to both effectively handle, watch this, criticism and overlook opportunities of offense. See, most people get offended because, uh, not because you tell them how great they are, not because you tell them how smart they are, how pretty they are. Most people get offended when you have to correct something in their life, when you have to push them or challenge them, or you have to uh, give them some pushback on something uh, of the way they think or the way they process information, uh, or, or, or you have to um, somehow require them to, to push down something that they believed in and, and embrace a new thought. That is when people get offended. Most people don't get offended because you, you blow sunshine in their face and tell them how awesome that they are. And so we've got to understand that that criticism is, is part of the growth process. And, and people think of the word criticism and they go, oh, that's a bad word. No, no. When you criticize something, you critique it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with being critiqued and saying, hey, you need to do this better or you need to do this this way or, or, or you need to watch when you get angry or you need to watch how you respond or you need to be a tither and a giver uh, or you need to show up for prayer or you need to not be a person who's just just always trying to take something from somebody. But you need to be learn how to be a giver in your heart and in your spirit. When you have to tell people and correct people on those kind of things, people get offended. But the Bible says that, that God would give you shepherds after his own heart. And so it, God has given you a pastor, given you two, three, four, five of them here at FOC. And our job is to make sure that we're leading you in the right path. But if you get offended with us, then you tune us out. You don't hear us. You don't listen to us. You do, you do your own thing. And then you go and you try to poison the flock with all of your negativity. And what we're saying is that FOC is a place where we don't do drama. We don't do drama here. We, we confront issues head on. We don't have clicks. We don't have all of that uh, messiness. Why? Because we recognize that it is a spirit that is designed to cause division and strife. And we just don't do that here at FOC. So let's talk about what it means 
to be offended. What is offense? Listen, offense is simply a breach of something. Uh, something that is that is a spiritual, something that is moral or, or some social code. Uh, it means to be tripped up. It means to be deceived or to entice to sin. Look at that. Entice to sin. That means that means that when you are offended, when you find yourself in a state of offense, it's an enticement to do something that will cause you to miss the mark. That is what sin is. To sin is to miss the mark. So if God says to love, but I'm offended, then I'm being enticed to miss the mark of walking in love. I'm being tripped up not to walk in love. I'm, 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 I'm teetering on breaking some spiritual or some moral or some social code if I find myself in a place of offense. It is most oftentimes, not always, but most oftentimes, it is it is it is a perceived uh, insult or perceived slight. You know, if somebody comes in and somebody comes in and they smack you, they slap you, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be upset and even angry about that. Um, you know, and and if you if you're not developed in the spirit, you probably have a, a response that that is less than Christ-like, right? But I'm talking about most people get offended over things that are really not even meant for offense. They're perceived slights. They are perceived uh, insults. And why do I say that? Because the reality of it is, is you really don't know somebody else's intent. Unless they tell you, even at your best, you are making a guess about their intent. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, and when we're talking about it in context of the people that we worship with, people that we do life with, people that we're growing and becoming with, if you're getting upset with those individuals, it probably has more to do with a personality conflict um, or it has to do with some, again, perceived slight or insult or something that they've said or done that has made you uh, uncomfortable or leery, right? And so what I talk about a lot of times is you have to you have to learn to mature and you have to learn to mature that you can do what I call assign new meaning assign new meaning you have the power passion I've been preaching about all the power that you have one of the pieces of power that you have is the power to assign new meaning if someone says something and you think what they say is a little slick or it's a little uh, they tried to cut you a little bit um, you can actually assign new meaning to that. You can say, you know, rather than me perceiving that that's what they was trying to do, I, I'm going to assume that that wasn't their character, that wasn't their intent, especially if they don't have a history of it. Uh, and if it is, then you talk to them directly. You don't just allow offense to fester in you. And then you begin to have all of these internal conversations about what they meant or, or, or who they think they talking to. And you just allow that offense to just rise up on the inside of you to rob you again of all of your peace, all of your serenity, all of your joy, all of your happiness, all because you refuse to assign new meaning. You have the power to assign new meaning. What is assigning new meaning does? It helps me not to be offended. It helps me not to be offended. If I can assign the meaning that you tried to shade me, then I can assign the meaning that you didn't mean anything by it. It's simply that easy. 
And then based on whatever I assign the meaning of it to be is how my response is going to be after that. That is how you keep the enemy at bay. See, as a result, these real or perceived insults, they what they end up doing, if you hold on to them, is they produce this greater level of annoyance, uh, resentment, anger, indignation, irritation, exasperation, vexation, animosity, displeasure, and wrath all in your soul. All in your soul. And remember, we said your soul was your what? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. So if I'm if I'm not careful, if if, if sister if sister Rogers uh does something and I perceive Sister Rogers to be trying to slight me or shade me or or, or to embarrass me or to put me in my place. If if I just perceive it that way, she could 100 percent not mean that that way at all. But if I perceive it that way, then I'm going to get annoyed with Sister Rogers. And then once I get annoyed with her, everything she does is going to bother me. Some y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all done been there. You, you get resentment. Every single thing she does, pop the way she pop her gum, the way she walk into church clicking them cat heels. Everything she everything she does just bothers you about, about Sister Rogers. And, and then you get indignant toward her. Every time she say hallelujah, you like, who she talking hallelujah to? And you, you can't even enjoy service because you got all of this internal stuff. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. We've all done it before. We've done it with the people we love before. Why? Because offense is sneaky. It has a way of getting in there if we don't assign the right meaning to things. If we allow the enemy to come in into our thought life. Remember we talked about there were four things that you had to tame? We said you had to tame your thoughts. We said you had to tame your tongue. We said you had to tame your heart or your temperament and that you had to tame your team. Well, if you don't tame this, this is the first one. If you don't tame these thoughts, these thoughts will run rampant. And they'll run so rampant, they will literally take the screen off the windows, all the hinges off the door. You'll be you'll have so much strife. You'll be so offended that everybody in your life will irritate you. Everybody in your life will bring animosity to you. Everybody in your life will cause displeasure. Everybody in your life will exacerbate you. Everybody in your life will vex you. And you know what's going to what that's going to produce in you It's going to produce wrath in you. It's going to produce wrath. So every time you have the opportunity to strike out, you're going to take it. Every time, every time. And you'll be striking out at people who didn't even do anything to you. Why? Because wrath doesn't care who it hits. It just wants to hit somebody. And I don't even mean physical. I mean, you'll start striking out at your kids. You'll start striking out at your spouse. You'll start striking out at the people who ain't even done nothing to you. And before you know it, uh, there'll be people like me who won't hang around you no more because they're not going to live their life being a punching bag. So while you striking out at everybody because you dealing, you won't deal with offense, you're going to find yourself friendless. Are you listening to me? That's why offense is it, it, so, so detrimental because you'll be in a church with 500 people wonder why don't nobody speak to you because you mean. You don't realize it, but you've let offense come and get in your heart. And so and so you, 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 you when you walk around, you don't even realize you got a scowl on your face. You don't even realize that your temperament is so nasty that you drag everybody else's energy down. That is the reason you cannot let the spirit of offense into your life. So let's talk about this. What makes offense possible 
in the life of a believer? What makes offense possible in the life of a believer? I don't have time to do it tonight, so I'm just going to tell you the story real quick. In Mark chapter 4, um, Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through like verse 20 something, um, it's, it's the parable of the sower. It's the parable of the sower. And, 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 and the great thing about this particular parable, especially in Mark, one of the things Jesus says to them, uh, and I'm going to read this one part. Jesus says to them this. He says in verse 13, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable. He says, and how then will you know all parables or how will you know any parables? He says this parable is so important that if you don't get this one, you won't get any of the rest of them. So what was the parable? He said it was the parable of the sower. It was the parable of the sower. He says the sower sows the word. And as he's talking to them about this sower who's sowing the word, he begins to describe to them the different kinds of ground that the word falls on. And he gives them four different types of ground that the word falls on. And then after he does that and after he says to them, now, if y'all don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything. He begins to explain or expound to them about the kind of ground that that word falls on. And ultimately, what he begins to say to them is there's some ground that the word falls on and immediately it doesn't it doesn't do anything. He said, there's another kind of ground and, 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 and it, it, the seed falls there, um, you know, and, 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 it, and it starts to do a little something. But 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 all the problems of the world comes and just just scorches it, just just takes it away. And finally, he ends up getting to the one he says, but then there's going to be this ground that's going to fall on where the seed is going to take root and it's going to set down roots. It's going to grow up and it's going to spring up and it's going to be the kind of seed that is life giving. And so what makes offense possible in the life of believer? Number one is when you are not a doer of his word. The first thing, number one, when you are not a doer of his word, if you are just going to church and all you are doing is hearing word, it's entertainment for you. Uh, it, it's, it's no different than watching a Marvel movie. You putting your time in, you going to see your friends. It's really a social hour for you. You're going because, you know, you want to be seen in the new outfit and, and, and you want to make sure the folk know that you're an upstanding person in the community. And if you're going for all of those reasons, but you're not going to learn to be a doer of the word, I can guarantee you that offense will find you out. Ultimately, lack of practicing God's word is the number one key to allowing offense to come into your life. The Bible says we are to be hearers and what? Doers of his word. We are to be hearers and doers of his word. And if we are not hearers and doers of his word, then what ends up happening is we allow all of the worldly influences to come into our life and we become a replica of the world as opposed to a replica of the kingdom. However, it is impossible, it is impossible for you to become a replica of the world while you are doing God's word. If you are doing God's word, you are always growing and becoming. I tell people all the time, we strive for progress, not perfection. Why? Because we, if, if we strive for progress, we might get to perfection. But if we strive for perfection, we'll never get it. So at FOC, we're constantly striving for progress. What does that mean? I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. 
I want to handle situations the next week better than I would have handled them last week. Why? Because I'm constantly growing and becoming in his word. If I am doing that, offense is being kept at bay. There's a scripture in Psalms 119, uh, verse 165. Now notice what it says. It says, great peace, great peace. And, I, and when I read the Bible, I read the Bible, right? He could have just said peace, but he didn't. It says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing, come on somebody, shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. You hear me? That means that when I am loving God's word, when I am keeping God's word, anything that shows up in my life that is contrary to me, that tries to sucker punch me, that knocks me off guard, I am not going to be offended. And people say, well, you can't live your life never being offended. The Bible says you can. The word of God says that a great peace have they which love thy law and nothing. It didn't say some things. It didn't say a few things. It says nothing shall offend them. And if nothing shall offend me, then praise God, I can live the unoffendable life. What's the second thing? What makes offense possible in the life of a believer? Number one, we said not practicing the word. Number two, uh, it is, it is it, it, the second thing that causes us to have offense to come into our life is that we don't walk in love. We do not walk in love. What does walking in love mean? Walking in love mean, doesn't mean just you walk around, you know, hunky-dory all the time and there's no problems, no issues. No, no, no. What it literally means, it means that we learn to take God's word and we, we respond in a Christ-like manner to every situation. Now, now think about this. Aren't you glad, come on somebody, that God is not judging us based on our intentions and even our impact. He's not judging us based on our intentions or our impact. He is judging us based on seeing us through the eyes of Jesus. He says for us that we should practice and replicate that. We should practice and replicate seeing people the same way. People are going to mess up. People are going to get on your nerve. People are going to are going to rub you the wrong way. But even when they do, you got to practice seeing them like Christ sees them. You got to practice seeing them as Christ sees them. So let's talk real quick about what are the dangers? What are the dangers in being offended? You know, Pastor Edwin, I've heard what you said and I'm thinking about it, but you just don't know my uncle. You just don't know my cousin. You don't know my mama. You don't know my family. You don't know, you don't know how, how our family operate. You don't know how, how cold they can be. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. And I understand uh, why you could feel that way. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a higher way of living. Because if you become susceptible to living an offended life, there are some dangers that will come your way. Let's talk about some of those dangers. One of the dangers is that if you choose to live an offendable life, you will not be able to properly handle trouble or prosecution or persecution when it comes your way. You will not be able to properly handle trouble or persecution when it comes your way. 
Why? Because offended people don't hear the Holy Ghost. Offended people don't hear the Holy Ghost. What they hear is their indignation. What they hear is their, their vexation. What they hear is their animosity. Offended people don't hear the Holy Ghost. So when trouble comes your way, you don't have the word of God to depend on. All you have is what wrath can produce. All you have is what wrath can produce. And that is a danger in operating in the kingdom. The second thing, the second danger that happens when, when, when you are offended is that you become displeased. You become indignant and resentful. What is it? Why is that? Why is that dangerous? Because the people God have put in your life to help you, you start to reject them. You get offended with your mentor because your mentor says now is not the time for you to to launch this particular product or to do this particular thing or or to go to this particular place or to do this particular thing. And you think they're trying to hold you back. You think they're trying to keep you small. And so you become displeased with their instruction. You become displeased with their wisdom. It's why I tell people all the time, if you can only agree with me when I'm telling you what you already want to hear anyway, you're not a son of, of, of Edwin Strickland. You're not a, a partner of, of FOC. It, it, you're just a person who happens to be here looking for someone to always agree with you. So you got to learn how to take the agreement and the disagreement with the same enthusiasm, <laughs> with the same trust and the same ability. Because if you allow offense to get into your heart, it will cause you to become displeased and to become indignant and resentful. You know, I've seen younger preachers uh, who, who have submitted to not me, but to other uh, men of God. And, and they go to those other men of God and say, hey, I believe the Lord told me to start a church. And that pastor has been great to them helped them in ministry, mentored them, gave them a platform to teach on and everything. But because that man says, you know, well, well, I, I, I prayed about it. I don't believe now is the time. Oh, he's trying to hold me back. He just want me here to serve him. Now, listen, I know that people have done that to people before, but the truth of the matter is, what is your relationship with that person? Because if you're trusting that person, and even if that person and God has told you, you can trust that person, even if they are acting outside of the will of God, it now becomes God's responsibility to recompense you. But if you allow offense to come into your heart and you strike out and do that thing on your own, now you are outside the will of God. Even if you were right, don't nobody want to hear that. You can be outside the will of God, even if you are right, because you are moving in offense. It is never okay to do something in an offended state, even if it's the right thing to do. Some of y'all are going to catch that later on. You're going you're gonna to realize, wait a minute, I did the right thing, but I was offended when I did it. And because I was offended when I did it, even though I did the right thing, it didn't produce any fruit. It did not produce any fruit because I did the right thing with a wrong spirit. Praise God. Number three, the other reason that it's dangerous to be offended is because when you are offended, you become hard to win back. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 18 and, and 19. 
in Proverbs 18 and 19, it says, an offended brother is harder to win than a fortified city. Do you hear me? An offended brother is harder to win back than a fortified city. And disputes are like the bars of a castle. When you get offended, you don't even think rationally. People can be trying to win you back. People can be trying to apologize, tell you that they're sorry. They didn't mean it. But when you're offended, you can't even hear straight. That's right. <laughs> you can't even hear straight. You can't see straight, but you can't hear straight. Why? Because all you can hear is that demonic influence speaking to you. You know, uh, I, I, I tell people all the time, and I, I, I admit this, one of the things that was the reason I personally held grudges, and I don't do that anymore. I try my best not to do that. It's something I have to still work on. I, you know, the Bible says you got to crucify yourself daily. For me, that's an area I have to crucify myself every day in. Because my thing was always this. This is what this enemy used to whisper to me. And it didn't even sound like it didn't sound demonic, right? Because it was designed to protect me. So how can something designed to protect you be demonic? But it was because what it would say to me is, hey, if somebody does something to you, you got to do something worse to them to show them that you're not weak, to show them that they can't take advantage of you, to show them that you're not to be played with. And so what happened is, is that it creates on the inside of you this heightened anxiety to always be on the lookout to see who about to disrespect you. So now watch this. Whatever you look for, you find. Whatever you look for, you'll find it. So, so now I'm looking for disrespect. I'm looking for someone to say some slick mouth to me. I'm looking for someone to say something that's out of order. I'm looking for somebody to say something to the left. Why? So that I can say something more to the left, so I can say something more disrespectful, so I can respond in a greater way. Why? So they'll know I'm not weak. And that is what the enemy was telling me, right? And so here I am, you know, love God, but operating in the spirit of offense toward everything. Remember, most of those things weren't even real. They were they were perceived or 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 or, or some kind of uh there were perceived insults or, or some kind of slight that I thought somebody was doing. I know I'm freeing somebody tonight. Some of you right now, listen, everybody is not hating on you, okay. Everybody is not hating on you. Everybody don't want to see you fail. Everybody ain't trying to steal your crown, sis. Understand, some people just want to know why are you doing that? Because what you're doing is not beneficial to you. And I love you, so I'm trying to tell you. I ain't hating on you. But the spirit of offense will make you feel like they're trying to hate on you. And so you have to be very careful because then it becomes hard to win you back. Because now you realize, because it's happened to me before, you go off on somebody and then they say, oh, I'm sorry. That's not what I mean. I apologize. Now, they've already said I'm sorry, but you're still way up here. You're still amped up. You're still hyped. Now you can't even go back to the space of saying, OK, my bad. Now you just still mad. We don't even know why you're still mad, but you're still mad. Why? Because offense wants to take you further than you're willing to go, and it wants to keep you there longer than you should stay. That's why you get. That's why you cannot play around with the spirit of offense. What's another danger of being offended? An offended person 
will miss the will of God for their life. An offended person will miss the will of God for their life. If you are offended, the things that God has for you, you will miss them. Why? Because offense is part of the flesh. It is not part of the spirit. And when you are walking after the flesh, the Bible says it like this. You'll, there'll be good right in front of you and you won't even be able to see the good. Why? Because the flesh doesn't focus on what's positive. It focuses on what's negative. But when you're in the spirit, somebody can actually do something that they intended to be disrespectful to you. But in the, but in the spirit, you won't even take it that way. Why? Because you're not focused on the negativity. You're focused on the will of God for your life. And so it's important for you to understand that. It's important for you to get that. It's important for you not to miss that. The enemy is always casting some bait. I'm not a big fisher, but I, I watch those fishing shows sometimes. And, and when they're fishing, they cast the bait way out there and then they reel it in. And if they, they don't get anything, they cast and they just keep doing it. And then finally they get something on the line and they reel it in. Don't let Satan reel you in. Just because he keeps throwing bait your way, you don't have to chump at it. But you got to know who you are. You got to know your triggers. You got to know that when you get triggered and when you get angry and when offense is standing at the door knocking, that you don't open the door and invite it in. And that even if you happen to have a weak moment and you invite him in, the moment you realize he's there, expel him. Expel him out of doors. How? The Bible says perfect love. Cast out all of that junk. It kicks it out. It expels all that evil doing out of doors. So you got to learn to walk in love. And then lastly, how does being uh, offended, how is it dangerous? Because when you are offended, you become unforgiving. You become unforgiving. And the Bible says in Mark 6, 15, it says, if you forgive not men of their trespasses, then neither will your father forgive you of your trespass. So how are you going to be offended with somebody and not accept their uh, forgiveness? And let me, and let me, let me parenthetically insert this. You don't have to wait for folk to say they sorry. You don't need them to say they're sorry to you in order for you to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. If they never say they sorry, if they never come back and say, hey, I was wrong. If they never come back and say, hey, you know what? I messed up, my bad. You don't have to be waiting on them to come and ask you to forgive them in order to forgive them. Because if you do that, you are still being held hostage. You are still being held hostage. And that's what offense does. It wants to hold you hostage. So you can choose to forgive. The Bible says if you don't forgive men of their trespasses, who is going to forgive you? And then in Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 25 and 26, it says this. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against anybody so that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. It says, but if you do not forgive, then neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive you of your trespasses. So that's why being offended is so dangerous, because it puts you in a place of being unwilling to forgive. Somebody type in the comment section, say, I am quick to forgive. 
I am quick to forgive. I am quick to forgive. Listen, Jesus said that it is in it is inevitable. Okay, this is Jesus. Jesus says it is inevitable, means it's going to happen 100% for sure. It is inevitable that offense will come your way. It is going to come your way. Listen, off, when I say live an unoffendable life, I'm not saying living a life that, that is void of opportunity to be offended. <laughs> that, that would be antithetical to the word of God. The Bible says you are going to have multiple opportunities in which to be offended. He says, but you've got to choose before the offense even comes. You've got to choose not to take it. Well, Pastor Edwin, I ain't never seen that before. I ain't never read that before. I'm, well, let me show you. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Luke chapter 17 verse one. Let me say it again. Luke chapter 17, verse one. It says, then said he unto his disciples. He says, it is important, but that offenses will come. He says, they're going to come. It's important that you know this. Offenses are going to come. He says, but woe unto them through whom they do come. In other words, he says, look, I'm telling you right now, Offenses are going to come. He says, but you need to do two things. Number one, you need to choose not to participate in being offended. And number two, you need to strive not to be the person who brings the offense. So what does that mean? That means I am quick to not only forgive, I'm quick to apologize. Because watch this. If I did something that offended you, but it wasn't my intent to injure you or to offend you, then there shouldn't be any problem with me apologizing for whatever behavior I did that caused you to choose offense. See, I didn't cause you to be offended. I, I, it allowed you to choose offense. Now, now, if I meant to offend you, well, then that's a whole nother issue. If, if I meant to be slick mouth, if I meant to say something sharp, if I meant to do that, well, then that's a whole nother issue besides just being offended. Now I'm responding in anger, which the Bible says in your anger to sin not. But literally, if I did something and you perceived it as a slight or an insult uh, or something that I did that, 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 that went against what you believed should have been done and I didn't do it, then I ought to be quick to apologize if you bring it to my attention. But again, if you don't bring it to my attention, I'm going to be living my life and you're going to keep drinking the poison, expecting me to get sick and it's not going to work. So it's important for you to understand that. It's important for you to hear me. Some of y'all mad at your mamas. You're mad at your daddies. You're mad at your grandmas. You're mad at your ex-boss. You're mad at your ex-wife. You're mad at your ex-husband. You're mad at your current wife. You're mad at your current husband. You're mad at your kids. You're mad at the dog. You're mad at the fish. Listen, you need to release all of that tonight. You need to decide I'm forgiving everybody for everything. I ain't even trying to recall it all. Lord, whatever it is, the stuff I remember and the stuff I don't remember, I'm releasing it right now. Because if I release offense, it will help me be a better person and a better partner in everything I join in, whether it be church, whether it be vocational, whether it be uh, social, whatever it is. If I'm not walking around offended, I'm going to be a better version of me. 
And that's what God wants you to be, a better version of you. How? By walking in love. By walking in love. So how do we avoid the problem of becoming offended? Number one, continue in the word. How do I avoid the problem of being, being offended? I continue in the word. Number two, how do I avoid the problem of becoming offended? I walk in love. I go and I read. First Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and I read it over and 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 over. And I look at people who demonstrate a love walk in their life. The Bible says we need role models. So I find me a role model, either contemporary or somebody historical who has walked out what love looks like. If you don't know, it's Jesus. <laughs> Let him be your role model. Let Jesus be your role model in how to practically walk out loving people. Okay? So number one, I got to continue in his word. How can I continue in something that I don't have? So if I don't know his word, I got to start spending some time in his word. That means I got to spend more time watching that than I do. what I got to spend more time in, in my word than watching Netflix. I got to spend more time in my word than, than on Facebook. I got to spend more time in my word than I am chatting on the phone. Am I saying you can't do those three things? No, I'm saying, which one are you more proficient in right now? Are you more proficient in Facebook? Are you more proficient in, in, what, in, in what's on Netflix? Are you more proficient in, in all the latest gossip? Are you more proficient in that or you're more proficient in the word? And then you got to learn to walk in love. And then number three, you got to be a person who forgives. You got to be a person who forgives. You got to be quick to forgive. Y'all put it on the screen already. You said I'm quick to forgive. That's right. You got to be quick to forgive. And then number five, how, how am I going to avoid the problem of becoming offended? I got to learn how to wear God. What did he say? You got to learn how to wear, W-E-A-R, wear God. What do you mean I got to wear God? The Bible says in Colossians chapter three, verse 12 through 17, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, watch this, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, that word patience there is consistency. He says, you got to clothe yourself with that. You got to put that on. When you do that, you are literally wearing God. You are wearing the character of God. So if you want to be a person who lives the unoffendable life, then you got to learn to put God on every day. Just like you put on regular clothes every day, you got to put on the character of God every day. You got to clothe yourself with some compassion. That means you got to learn how to put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes. You got to clothe yourself with some kindness. That means not always being selfish and think about how you can center yourself and your own motives and how you can get what you need all the time first. You got to have some humility. That means somebody can tell you something. You can learn something from somebody else. You don't know it all. And you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room. He says you got to clothe yourself with some gentleness. You ain't always got to be harsh. Every time somebody says something to you, you don't have to meet it with a harsh word. You ain't always got to be the dude who go from zero to 100. You, you can chill out. Have some gentleness about yourself. He says, and then have some consistency. Don't be talking to me about, about your good days and bad days. Every day in the Lord ought to be a good day. You learn how to operate in God's word. And when bad things come your way, you respond the same way as when good things come your way. Because you're consistent in the things of God. Number six, how are you going to keep offense out of your life? You're going to copy God. You're going to follow God. You're going to put on God 
And then you're going to have the actions of what God does. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us that. It says, it says uh, follow as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. He says literally copy God, imitate God, become an imitator of God. And then number seven, it says if we want to learn how to get offense out of our life, then we, we got to take every area of our life seriously. We can't just be like, oh, well, it's all right to be mad at this person. or I just got a little offense in him. Or, I just can't stand them. Or, you know, I love them with a long handle spoon. No, 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 no. The Bible tells us in James 2 and 10, for whoever keeps the whole law, watch this, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking them all. So it's not okay for me to, to be offended uh, with the folk I don't know as long as I'm not offended with the people I do know. No, I have to be careful about being offended with everything. With everything. The people I know up close, the people in my inner circle, the people who are in my main circle, the people who are in my outer circle, and the people who are without the circle. I don't have the opportunity to take offense with anybody because I'm trying to live my best Christ-like life. Amen? And if you can do that, you can solve the problem of offense being in your life. You must be willing to forgive and you must make the effort to go to whoever is involved to reconcile whatever issue there may be. And that's how it works. So as a partner at Fellowship of Champions, you may find yourself one day upset with me. Come talk to me. You may find yourself upset with Pastor Sean. Come talk to him. You may find yourself upset with the, with the prayer ministry. Come talk to them. You may not like the songs that the praise team sung. Or they didn't sing your song. They didn't let you sing. Talk to them. You don't like how they made you park when we go back to in-person meeting because you had to park at the bottom of the hill. Talk to them. But also show up on time. You can get a good parking spot. But talk to them. You may not like the way they're doing stuff with the kids' ministry. You could always volunteer and help, but talk to them. So if you want to get over the spirit of offense, Number one, you got to become a mature person. Only, only people who are immature in the Lord are walking around harboring ill feelings toward the very people who they call brother and who they call sister. And the Bible says that if we all love God, that we are brothers and we are sisters. So make sure that what you're doing as you're going through this week, as you're going through your life, think about that. Am I operating in the spirit of offense? And if you are, make the decision to change. Amen. All right. Listen, that's all I have for you tonight. Again, happy birthday to Pastor Ralph. If you haven't said happy birthday, if you came in late, today is Pastor Ralph's 38th birthday and we appreciate everything he does. So go ahead and hit him up and say happy birthday to him. Uh, if you want to be a blessing to him, hit his cash app up. It is uh, dollar sign Ralph Marlowe. Uh, go ahead and be a blessing to him. I've given you all the announcements. If you missed the announcements, what I'll tell you is show up on Friday morning uh, at 630 and you can see the rest of them. But Friday morning at 630, we will be right here for Champion Circle. Listen, you can be a virtual partner if you so desire. If you so desire, you can be a virtual partner. You can uh, fill out the form and let us know. Most of all, y'all, walk in love. Walk in love. We say that all the time that Fellowship of Champions is a church teaching you how to walk in love and live by faith. Why? So that you can experience God's prosperity in every 
area of life. That's the first thing we say, a church teaching you to walk in love. Because if you learn to walk in love, then you are already above allowing the spirit of offense to come into your life. Amen. Listen, God bless you. You all have a great week. Stay safe. Those of you that are on spring break, enjoy yourself, but be careful. Um, make sure that you're still doing those things that are necessary, that you're not putting yourself or other people at risk. Uh, I know things are getting lax. COVID is still out there. Uh, you know, if you can get the vaccine and you choose to do so, do that. Um, you know, I'm not telling anybody to do it or not to do it. I'm telling you to do what you need to do to be safe and keep your family safe. Listen, God bless you. Uh, I love you. Uh, we'll see you guys again uh, here uh, on Friday. Teens, don't forget about Ignite. Uh, parents, don't forget about uh, Victory Zone. Uh, that's going on. Uh, Victory Zone's on demand. Uh, Ignite is tomorrow. And we'll see you here Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. God, God bless all of you and have a wonderful night.